percent of you are still fast asleep and I have to say it's about maybe 534 in the morning and most people know that I don't get to bed until that time usually and that was really a bad thing for me because um, I get out of work late and I just can't get in the bed right away it's it's just like a person who gets out of work at five o'clock in the evening and how do you get to bed at six? <laughs> you know, you, most people wait until 10 or 11, five or six hours after, but it would have to be for me the equivalent that time. So it's funny because I know when I wake up and I went to bed much earlier for myself than usual and in the middle of the night or early morning, the energies start to hit me. Lots of times they do. And my creativity is up. My sensitivity is up. My emotions are high. And my thought thought processes are really out there. And it's a good place to be. And I realized over the years that there are not many people out here who have that. I'm not saying I'm gifted over and above everybody else because we all have our gifts, but this particular gift, it's, it's, it's something special and it's something that I enjoy, but it's something that drives me and sometimes it causes me to lose sleep. And it's okay because what it gives me is so much more. It gives me so much value to my life and it's a welcome thing. And out of all the gifts that could be given out, I love that. Um, the introspection, the creativity, the insight, and the little wisdom that I've been granted through that connection and through experiences. Little, because there's so much out here to learn. But that being said, I woke up with this song in my head. And you ever wake up in the middle of the night or early morning and you hear a song that you know really good, you know the name, you know what it reminds you of and everything, but you just can't get the name. It was like a brain fart. <laughs> and it was uh, Enchantment, Sunshine Fades Away. And on YouTube, people put the title up as uh, different things, but basically that's what it is. And, you know, maybe I'm still a little off because right now I'm still in that zone. And I said to myself, let me just go and do another free-flowing, not rant, but just a gathering of all the thoughts that I have. I would never take them out to the garbage, but the thing is, is that they would just as well fade away when I wake up. The same way that people get up in the middle of the night when they are inspired to do some type of writing or a thought or something comes to their head and they have that pad and pencil or pen next to their bed on the end table, the side table, and they write something down. They jot it down quickly before they go to sleep. Well, for me, being blessed to have a little podcasting studio 
in my home. Everything's there. So it's like, okay, let me just get up. My eyes are still closed. <laughs> I had to open them up to get here. But now that I'm here, again, this might be five minutes long. This might be five hours long. I don't know. But there are a few things I want to share, right? A couple of insights. Uh, I want to give some shout outs, you know, um, people you wouldn't even know. So it really doesn't even, even mention or really doesn't even matter to say the name. But I want to throw my condolences to Sister Cynthia Harris, who I got up and I looked on Facebook and uh, there's a thread that says that she lost a sister. And um, if that's correct, because sometimes I wake up and I read threads wrong and it's like, wait a second, this isn't what it is. But she took a loss and it caused me to think, you know, that's what kind of set me off and caused me to think. Because at this particular time, with so many years under my belt and hopefully many more, we're noticing that there are more and more people in our circles making the transition to the next level in the circle of life, which I've, I've, I've come to understand it as, and I accept it as that. It's a graduation. It's an ascension. And we just need to appreciate people while we have them on this level. I believe we'll have a chance to appreciate their energies on a different level. It may not be right here on this level. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But when you look at eternity and when you look at uh, the physical world, how many millions and billions of years it's been around, our little 80, 90, 100, 110, even if it was 150 years, even if it was 1,000 years, I always like to say that, it doesn't compare to eternity. So it makes you put this life in perspective. Like, really, what is this all about? Is this just like a mere test, a mere, uh, uh, how could I put it? What is the type of test that you take? Um, again, I'm still half asleep. But the kind of test you take, um, a, a, an assessment to know where to place you in a job or when you're going for a job and you've been hired and they, t they give you this test to assess what you have as far as your skills, even in a school, to know what remedial work to give you, to know where you are to help you and bring you along up to par. Not that you're below par, but to know where to best place you, whether it's a job or a school situation. I started thinking about, you know, how fragile this life is and how we, while we're here, we need to show each other a lot more love. It, 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 it's a pain to me when I see many of our brothers and sisters going with the childish stuff. It's a pain to me when I have to let certain people go because they can be beautiful souls sometime, but then they can get so caught up in this carnal existence and I have no time for that. But the main thing I thought about um, when I read about Sister Cynthia losing her sister is that especially with our sisters, you see, and of course the brothers, I'm talking about the sisters now. Wow. A, a bunch of faces. People I've known down through the years. People I might not ever see again. Sort of the race across my head. And I said, wow. You know, what phenomenal women. You know. And we're, we're talking here non-sexual, y'all. This whole thing is non-sexual, right? So whatever I say in a sensitive level, don't take it as 
it's just a sex thing. We got to get our minds out of that because what happens when we're out of our body? We just have our life force. And sexuality is just one branch on the tree of life force. That if you remove that one branch, you'll still live and go on. Just the same way. If you don't have sex, right? You will still live and move on. That's one of the systems of the body that you don't have to utilize in order to live. See? And this is why abstinence most most often brings... Uh, 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 a heightened awareness on all other levels because you're not utilizing them. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, right? But I'm beyond sex right now. 99% of the time, it, it's on a spiritual level. It's on a, it's on a higher level. I can say the dirty jokes. I remember them. I could say the stories and make you laugh and whatever have you. But my focus right now is 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 beyond this body, beyond this beyond this world. I see it, um, but I don't lust after the things that I used to lust after. And I didn't even lust after those things. And again, we're talking non-sexual. I never lusted after the big house. I never lusted after the big car. And I, and I keep saying that. And one person said, well, you probably do. You just hating that you don't have it. No, it's not that. It's not that. I used to kind of like those things, right? But it's like, eh, no more. Yesterday, Mrs. Skirv and I were in the mall, a place that I do not like. <laughs> too many spirits, too many imbalanced people. Uh, I, I don't even look at people there. And I'm not saying because I'm better, and, but there's a lot of lost souls dressing themselves up and parading around and wanting attention and, and not really dealing with the real nitty-gritty inside. But we went there to pick up a dress that she wanted to purchase, and she saw it online. And she saw the place that she wanted to check it out and try it on. And um, we got to dress. But, you know, when we were there, you know, the young lady who was helping us, she said, well, you can go into the dressing room with her. Go ahead. Go ahead. And as Mr. Skurve tried to dress on, there was a slip under it. And she didn't notice that it was there. And when she put the dress on, she kind of got entangled in it. And, and it was such a fun moment. We were laughing. And I said, what, what kind of mess did you get yourself into right now? You know, it's like you're taking a bath in spaghetti because of the strap of the, the slip and then the dress and everything tangled up. And she had her hands up. The dress was over her face. And I'm like, you're very vulnerable right now. You know that, right? But just those light moments, those light moments that we share with the people that we love, even with strangers passing by, those light moments that didn't cost us a dime, but will be forever etched in your in in your spirit in your soul in your in your conscious and subconscious mind. Those are the things we miss about the people that we love when we when we when we don't have them for a time when they after they transition. And that's what I want more of. The big house and car can't give me that. The status in this world, uh, uh, man's status that he grants us. You are the next president. You, you, you graduated. Yeah, you need your education as long as it's not indoctrination. I'm just saying, what's really important? What is really important? What is really important? Those are the things I want to go to from this point on. I've always been that way for quite a while, but I'm, I'm saying it. I'm not holding back. 
I'm going to tell it as I see it and as I feel it, but our sisters, you've gone. I'm going to lump everyone on one. I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and itemize all of the gazillion sisters that I know. I want to speak about that common current of love that flows through all of you, even those of you who may have been damaged to some point, hurt, taken advantage of. And for all of you guys who want to say I'm a simp, say I'm a simp, call me a simp. Oh, all right. Because not at any time in me doing this, I'm out here trying to get to that orifice that many of you only see in a woman. Right? It's never been that way for me. I've enjoyed an abundance of those activities in my life, yes, but it's never really been about that for me because I've always seen beyond that. And... Speaking of damage, which as a man in this world, especially as a black man, I've I've incurred lots of damage and there are things that I walk with now, pains that I walk with now in my heart on a personal level with many things that would cripple most people. And I hold it and I pick it up and I kind of keep it away from the world as I move on. And I thank the creator for all of you. And these are the kind of things that I see in my sisters. And again, my brothers also, but I'm talking about my sisters. Let me adjust myself here. I mean, there are a lot of hurt women out here and they lash out. They get online and they lash out. And I still see the beauty inside of them. There's some, there's very few. They make it hard on the brother sometimes. But for the most part, there's there's something about a black woman. There's something about our sisters that they keep on going and going and going and going and going and going like that energizer bunny. And they take the bad treatment. They take the derogatory comments. They, they have to endure those stares from other people who look at them as inferior. And most go through a lifetime of this. As famous and as rich as Aretha Franklin was, and I say was, it should be an is because the energy still remains. But as far as the point of, you know, Sunrise and sunset on this level. She's one who had to endure a lot of pain and stuff in her childhood. We all know the story. This is video is not about her, but she comes to mind because of a recent transition. And that's the story of, of, of the of the life of many black women that I know, that most of them that I know. The disappointments the expectations that have failed, not them, but the expectations of others that have failed them in their lives. And they have to suck this up and keep on going. And many people would say, well, that's all women. Yes, all women probably go through that, but our sisters go through it a whole lot more and in ways that you wouldn't understand. 
in ways that you wouldn't understand. She's the last to get honored and the first to have to clean up the mess that other people put down. Look at that cleaning lady. Look at that mammy in slavery, that cleaning lady who brings home the scraps from another family to feed her family because even the scraps might be something that she couldn't afford. I see this every day on my bus. I see cleaning ladies coming home or women who work in hotels who bring home things that it's like, wow, they threw this away. But this is so much value to me. And they looked at as lowly. Not me, but the world, this white supremacist world that's set up and some of our own people look at our own sisters like this. We got to stop this. We got to stop this wicked hierarchy that we put on each other and we judge each other according to how high we came up in that man's system. The oppressor's system. And we throw off on each other because we look, we all got a PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, post-traumatic slave disorder. We all have it. We are messed up in the head as black people who have endured this. And I don't want to hear anybody tell me, well, you never went through slavery, but this, this thing is a continuous thing that's passed down in our psyche and every fiber of our being. You wouldn't understand it. You don't want to understand it. That's why you're trying to erase everything black. You don't want to deal with what you see. You see the memes on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. You see the videos on YouTube of things you never knew about us as a people. Things that we never knew about us as a people because it was your grandfathers and fathers and your system set up not to teach us who we are. Just because you hide the source doesn't mean you can take away the pain. Many of us don't even understand where the pain came from. It's a spiritual thing that's passed down and we feel it. And this is one of the reasons why we hate each other so much. This is all we've known. We get to a level of success, whatever you call success. And then we turn on each other or others turn on us. We're sick. I'm not saying that it's a derogatory term, but the way we carry on with each other. Sometimes it's hard to understand why, but. We have to go back to the source where it came from. Even they don't know. And some people will never know. That's the sad part about it. So many people will, will, will pass on and not know how big that thorn was in their side that, that kept them from living a full life. They are born and they die and they never had a full life. Many of our sisters are born and they die on this level and they never knew what it was like to be loved by a man. Never knew what it was like to be held in a non-sexual way and say, listen, sister, I love you. I know what you're going through. Let me let me just take you out. And sit down and tell me about it. You're a couple dollars short in the line at the supermarket. I got you. Let me take my take your bags to your car. And if you don't have a car, I'll drop you. Now, you can't jump in the car with everybody. But you understand, we got to start treating each other like brothers and sisters again. Because all we have is us. But our sisters are hurting. They look over the horizon. 
They look over the terrain. They, they, they don't see as many real men as they used to. They may not tell you this publicly because they try to love all of us no matter what lifestyle that many of us claim that we're in as colorful as the rainbow may be. But they see less for them. And it hurts them. I've noticed that many of our sisters who have grown up around strong men, real men, they know the difference and they're better off. Even if they don't have a man, they know. They know the standard. But there's so many of us that don't know the standard. It appears that many of the true men are diminishing. Please answer me back on this. Um, I want to get a perspective on this. Do you feel the same way too? And I'm a man and I'm straight and I'm not looking for a man, right? But what I'm saying is that I can see it. So if I can see it and I feel for my sisters, I know they can see it. I know there's options of, you know, where you can go to another race. But most of our sisters don't want that. They want their own. There's nothing like having your own. And many who have ventured over the waters to the other side of the lake or the river or the ocean. I see a look in their eye where most often they want to come home. But they've already committed. But they want to come home, especially when they see a man treat his woman, his queen, his wife. If the world says it's girlfriend, that bond, there's no name for it. It's a bond. It's either or. When they see that bond and they see that love in the man's eyes for his black woman, I'm going to say it. We cannot be afraid to say black anymore. We've come so far as a people, even throughout all of our pain. And now the oppressor sees us coming toward the end of the finish line and we have more work to do even beyond it but now you want to change the rules it's a sin to say you are black and to say it with strength it's 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 now against the rules to say i am a black woman i am a black man and to know it especially when they they've thrown out so much into this world to make us ashamed to be that and so many of us succumb to that. Black manhood, and I, I, I did say I was talking about the sisters, but I have to say this. Black manhood is such a high order in this world that I can see why many black males punk out and don't want to be a black man. I'm not saying I, 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 I would go that way. I'm not saying that this is the right way. I can see why. Because for them, they don't see any black men anymore on mass like like I used to. I'm part of that generation. I'm part of that status. I'm part of that. The baton has been passed on to me. But I'm looking to see who I can pass the baton on to. And I'm looking around and brother, I can't pass the baton on to you, man. When you're more concerned about how much makeup you have on or lip gloss or the next man you want to pick up. There's a divine 
responsibility when we are made to be men and our sisters are hurting. Where are the sentinels? Where, where, where are the guards? Where are the protectors? Where are the providers in our communities, which now have been reduced to opportunistic neighborhoods for others to come and make money as our kids run back and forth to the candy store, bringing, bringing their little nickels and dimes to the Arab man, to the Korean man, to everybody else but ourselves. We need to really separate and pull away and get ourselves together because, again, our sisters are hurting. I see the sadness in their eyes. I see the look of disbelief when I offer a kind gesture to them with nothing attached to it. They look at me again and again, and it's almost like they want to cry. Because it feels, it feels so good to be loved so bad. Y'all know I'm a terrible singer, but it's from the heart. When they're truly loved, they can't believe it. They can't believe it. They got it. And, and it's nothing personal, brothers. You got to understand what she's been through. Disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. They get with somebody and you know how the system is. And we have a past sometime. And the brother may not want to say he has a long criminal record. You know, and she finds this out. Why did you lie to me? She might have loved you even if you said it in the beginning. You know. You say you're ready to get married and it's time when things pop up on the credit report and she didn't know how much in debt you were, not that she was with you for the money in the first place. But if you told her, she would know. You see, we, we all have the right to make the investments in each other. And um, most of us would buy a used car if we really knew what the dings and the dents and the malfunctions were before purchasing it because we can adjust the price. But so many of us are so caught up in looking glossy, looking new. Look, ain't no way you're going to live in America as a black person and be new on somebody. You can try to fool somebody, but you ain't coming like that. You're covering something. Just be yourself. Let's just show each other love and be ourselves and bear our frailties and our vulnerabilities to each other and let the next person choose. If you need help in a certain area, just say, listen. This has been my weakness and I need help. I need to be uplifted in this way, but this is what I have to offer you. I will give you wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly myself and you won't have to worry about certain things. I will be by your side forevermore. Because remember, time is limited in this physical realm. The age that I am now, it's like, this is ancient compared to when I was on a stage doing bodybuilding, feeling like Superman. It's like, wait a second. I still have a lot of juice left in my fruit. I hope the creator grants me that because I have a lot of work to do. But the ever increasing little aches and pains and the half a step that you move a little slower than when you were, you know, half a lifetime ago, it's evident. I see the changes in my face. I see, I see not wrinkles, but I mean, I see the changes in my face, the consistency here and there, inconsistencies. Your face is swollen. You get up in the morning, you say, man, I look old today. 
circulation comes and you're okay. Don't shave my head for two or three days and it's not it's not dark brown hair poking through coming out. It's like, well, can I find can I find a strand of dark brown hair? <laughs> but I'm not vain that way <clears throat> because I know what it's like to conquer the physical heights and I know what it's like to be desired by the opposite sex when I was younger. I know these things, okay? So I, I don't have a midlife crisis. I'm a servant right now. But what, what a hell of a range I have now after learning so much through my experiences in this walk called life, in the circle of life. But I think we need to take more time with our sisters. There was a woman, I want, and I want to talk to her. She is a very... She rides my bus. I don't know her. <clears throat> She's asked me questions on directions and stuff like that. She's a little ignorant, <laughs> ignorant for those who don't understand the translation. And I'm not saying it in a derogatory way. Her way is very brash, very abrupt, very much uncultured. But still, I see something in her. And she gets on the phone, usually on the bus. She's very bitter. She's hurt. And it's just put in my heart to talk to her sometime. And I do want to talk to her. From what I can hear her on the phone, she's a lesbian. Doesn't matter to me. I still see the love inside of her, and I still have a need to talk to her. And I'm not talking to her in the, in the strain of trying to, well, you know, you talk to her, you straighten her out. When, when, you, when you come to your sisters in a righteous way, and they feel your energy as a true, loving, protective man who is their brother. Over time, just like that ice cube that you spit out on a hot, sunny day, that ice cube begins to melt. Those scabs be begin to heal. Honestly, and I'm speaking out of love and I'm speaking from the heart. But just like the brothers who never had an example of true manhood, well, there are a lot of sisters out here who haven't had that either. They don't know. They know males. Some of them got a bunch of babies around. They know physical manhood, the physical malehood, maleness, penis, you know, strength physically. But do they really know a man that's full of wisdom, who's full of love, who can be firm when, when necessary, not abusive, I'm not speaking physically, but firm. And to make that woman believe that your decisions are just and it's, it's decisions made for the overall, not just his own selfish need to be in charge or not his own selfish need for the, for the things that he wants to get. And it's funny because the little things mean so much. So even when we're at the mall, and Mr. Scurve jokingly said, <laughs> you're going to buy this dress for me, honey, right? But she was really meaning it. And I said, of course. It's not a problem. Even though my counter argument to it is like, wait a second. It's all one pot. We bring, we both bring the money home and we divvy it out to pay bills and keep the system here running. And it's beyond me. I, I don't need to, well, th this is my money, huh? No, you bring all your money home. You put it in one 
big place, one pot, one bank account, which I don't trust bank accounts all the way now, you know, because the system's going to collapse and that money's not going to be worth anything, right? It's going to be paper. But that's another topic. We need to talk to Brother Dave with that one because he's the specialist. Matter of fact, I'm going to see Brother Dave this coming weekend down in Miami. And I, I can't wait. I got to call him and, and just, uh, it's confirmed, but just reconfirmed. Can't believe I'm finally going to meet him face to face. But it's one big pot. But when I thought about it, that, that told me that even though it was a symbolic statement and some symbolic gesture, because whatever money I make is hers and the household. I get my little things out of it, like little gadgets I need for the studio or, you know, if I'm out somewhere and I say, you know, I want to buy a little wrap, a little gluten-free veggie wrap or something because I can't cook or prepare, prepare food like her. I'll do that, but my thing is keeping the whole system going beyond me. And I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. I'm going to still explain her comment and what it meant to me. But as a man, I think you should be more concerned on the system of your household going on beyond you. Meaning that I've used the example before where we have many men who are carnal and, and control freaks and they'll tell their wife or their woman, you know, under the same roof, they have their family. Well, you better be glad that I'm alive because <laughs> if something happened to me, baby, you all in trouble. Now, what kind of statement is that that you want to say to your family? Right. That shows me you want to be in control, that, that you want them living in fear and there's something not right about that. I want to know that when I make my transition, that the system of my home and my household continues on beyond me, that it's going strong financially, that it's going strong as far as wisdom, that maybe I dropped enough wisdom that, that, that they can go back to and say, you know what, this is how he would handle this. You need to leave that with people. Life is not just about going to accumulate the biggest house and the biggest car. You, whatever you learn, you have to share with your loved ones so that when you're not around, you've left a righteous impression on their spirit, on their heart, on their being, on their psyche, and their mind so they can live an ascended life instead of being left with just a big house and a car. And no sense. What kind of mess is that? And then you have your family fighting over the few things that you did let leave when you didn't leave wisdom and an example of true love and how things should be. And this is what's lacking in the lives of many of our sisters. They've got to raise children and come up with the wisdom. And, and, and I'm not saying try to be men, but there's a void there where the man is not there. Some of them know there's a void. They try to cover it as best as they can. And I see you out there, sisters. And some of them want to deny the actual void that's left when there's no man there and say, I don't need no man. That's just as bad. You may not need a male. Correct your tongue and say that because the males that you've known before weren't men. If they were, they'd still be there even if they're not physically with you because things don't work out, they would still be there. And I do have to say and speak about the thin slice of women, our sisters who have been brought up, this is not all but some, that were raised up bitter because they didn't know of a real man in their lives and they actually, and, and this is a topic that I want to talk about, 
And many of you have been bringing me really great topics that I really have to, we have to speak about on a live show because I want your input because these little monologues is just me talking. And that's not fair because I want you all to be able to call in and talk. And I will. Today we will. I took the last few days off and I had to really, really get deep on the artistic sense because I've been working on a piece for Brother Moses for his book cover. And I want to catch up because I have a deadline within a week and I want to really finish it up in two or three days. But there are women out here that really resent real manhood, not a chauvinistic male, but a loving male who has the best interest of his family at heart. And it triggers off something in some of these women and they, they come at you. They come at you. It's like when you have a sickness and the white blood cells that are there to protect you turn against your own system and attack you and fight you. It's a fight that shouldn't be happening. Not all, but too many. But back to the dress and back to Mrs. Scurve. Well, she said, well, I, I want you to buy this week. Knowing good and darn well, the, same money's, the money's cut out of the same account. <laughs> But what it really meant was, I just want to feel like we're dating and you're buying something for me. I want to feel that gear. I want to feel that way. She didn't say that, but I understood it. I said, yes, sweetheart, I'll buy it for you. And he swiped the card and it went through and she said, honey, thank you for the dress even though two other outfits came off of a card that had her name on it. But guess what? When my check hits the bank and into the account through direct deposit, it's that money that's going to be paying for the card that has her name on it. And the same with me. When the money that she gets hits the bank, it's going to be paying for that credit card or debit card that I have that has my name on it. But it's all one pot. But we need to acknowledge our individual selves and individual needs. So it told me that maybe I should do that more if she has to ask. If a woman also says, baby, could you hold me? She asked for that, but she needed it first before she asked. So she asked for it. You need to do that more as a man so she doesn't have to ask. It's beautiful when you have a need or a craving. Again, this is not sexual and you can use that in that context too, but, and you do it before ahead of time, even a mere compliment. My dear sister Pauline sent me a link and I'm not going to put her business out there, but she is very successful. She has always been successful in my eyes. But she's endured a lot. She's endured a lot of heartache, a lot of loss, but she has worked hard to achieve what she has achieved. And before I came to this microphone in my little studio bedroom here, Scurve Media Studios, <laughs> sounds, <laughs> maybe I should change that name because um, my Nigerian brothers, <laughs> I get a lot of calls long distance on WhatsApp from numbers I don't even know. Brother Lance Scurve, 
I want to know if you can hire me as an accountant. And I have a sister here who is a great lawyer. And she wants to come to learn the laws of America and work for you in your big, great studio. Well, my big, great studio wouldn't be big and great if it wasn't for the contributions of all who helped to donate and, and getting out there and working, right? <laughs> They'd be surprised to know it's probably like about maybe mm, 12 by 12 feet, 13 feet or something, a tiny little bedroom that many of the affluent have closets bigger than this, right? But it's okay. Um, but those needs need to be filled. And, and many of our sisters really crave a real man. And a real man is not just about a penis. But since there are many males out here that can offer up nothing more than just a penis, women have settled for that. And now the younger men coming up who are straight feel the pressure of having to be hung down to their knee. And it really shouldn't be about that. Because if you really love a woman, and there's nothing wrong with penis now. <laughs> right but again we're not speaking on a sexual level now but when you really love a woman totally 100 percent, 360 degrees around 365 days a year 24 hours a day it would be so cool if i could tell you how many minutes but i forgot that in seconds of the day right but i'm gonna study up on that and say that's so cool probably in my next video <laughs> but if you really the little things the little things add up to big things. And they're not little when you're watering her heart like a plant in dry soil. That soil has been dry for so long that one great rainstorm is not going to permeate to the deepest levels of that soil to moisten that soil one foot deep, two foot deep. It's not going to do it. But a constant presence of rain, just a little bit every day, will permeate to the deepest level. So what does that tell you? There's always a physical lesson to teach you things in the spiritual level and realm. Realm. <laughs> That's a word my mother used to always use. The spiritual realm. I was talking like Dr. Strange from a kid. <laughs> I knew about spiritual warfare long before I turned six and seven years old. Didn't understand the depth of it and how dangerous it could be and how draining it can be but I was always made to be aware of the spirit the spiritual realm what you have to do to be ready for the spiritual battles and spiritual warfare putting on the whole armor I knew about this when I had teachers in school that were difficult or friends that were frenemies that that word wasn't around then, right? That were difficult. I knew it was spiritual warfare. I knew we had spiritual warfare, not just on the external, but the things we had to struggle with on the inside. I knew about that from young, even if I just abandoned the thought and just, well, I see that young lady over there. I don't want to know about anything spiritual. I'm trying to be very physical right now. And that's how we all, when we come up and we learn, I've broken hearts. My heart has been broken, but I'm okay now. I understand. But our sisters really need to be comforted. And when necessary, they look to you as a man to righteously correct them out of love. Not to fuss with them. Not to call them a bitch or a hoe. Or make them feel that you're just using them for their orifices. Their, what pleasure they can bring. 
bring them some pleasure sometime. And it's not just, again, in the sexual, but bring them some pleasure. Love them. Treat them like that beautiful little baby doll that they are. Because remember, you may see an angry black woman. And like, again, there are some who have some major issues that we need to take time with. Like that ball of tangled yarn. In this world, we come into this world all, you know, a clean slate. But after a while, because of the situations that we're in, in these dysfunctional families, it's like, you know, we got to untangle this mess. And we, here we go with adolescence, but we're tangled up because of what we overhear our aunts or mothers and fathers and uncles talk about. And now we're confused, you know, for those of us who are in dysfunctional situations, which in actuality, we're all put in dysfunctional situations to a point, some more tangled than others. So here's one person with a smaller ball of yarn that's tangled that they have to untangle before they can even begin to live their life. But then when they begin to live their life, they still got the memory of the dysfunction they came out of. So now you're 30, 35, and you're ready to start. And you've made mistakes now or misjudgments because of how you were influenced when you were younger. See, I'm going to tell you something about myself, right? I have an older brother. Many of you know he's 11 years older than me. I'm not going to say his name. And if he hears it, hey, man, I still love you. You have all the things that I've you know, been through, wanting a relationship and friendship and stuff like that but the drugs took you over and took you away from me you're still alive though maybe you're not the same person hopefully i always keep the door cracked mentally in my mind right but I, me personally you know um and some would say oh he's a half brother because you didn't have the same father well he's my brother you know he ain't heavy he's my brother <laughs> i used to kind of cry when i was a kid when he wasn't around that song would come on on that little white transistor radio when I would listen to WABC, WWRO. But that WABC played that song because that was more pop. WWRO played black music. This back in the early 70s, right? But I promised my father, that hard-working Jamaican man that came into my mother's life and married him, and they had me. And that changed everything. <laughs> um... He was very, very much against drug usage. And he went through hell with my brother who rejected him because you ain't my daddy, see? And he accepted him as his own. But after a while, it was like, man, you know, I, I saw some things growing up in there, the little agitations and in, in, in how things were. And that, that, that gave me a tremendous insight. I didn't know I was being schooled back then. But my thing was that drugs was such a thing like you don't do. You don't get into that. I don't even like to take an aspirin these days if I have to. Right. And I don't. But I mean, I don't like cough syrup. I don't like I don't like what people consider normal. I don't even like anything. I don't look when people come on the bus and they smoking and they hold that air in their lungs and the door opens and they pay their money and go. <sighs> I don't even want to smell that. I, I'll put the blower on. I'll. I'll, I'll, I'll leave the door open for a little while. I do not like any of that. And there are many friends of mine who do smoke, and I'm not going against them personally, but I'm just saying, like, it's in my psyche. Like, drugs are bad. You don't do that. So that being said, I ran so hard mentally against this thing called drugs that having 15 or 20 girlfriends wasn't bad in my mind. And so that taught me that when you raise your children, yes, you got to tell them about the things that are not good. 
but but talk about it overall so they don't run to something else which sexuality is natural and the attraction between a male and a female but I've entangled myself all up in all kind of situations back then as a young man right so you jump from the pan into the fire so um and I got a lot of stories about that to tell but that's another day my thing is our sisters and I'm going to make this a continuous thing and I feel the energy is pulling me back into the bed like what are you doing up but I like to use my time in a productive manner and um, not waste a moment because these thoughts as they flow through my head right now tomorrow you can say well tell me what you were thinking about and I could tell you but it wouldn't flow like this I like the spontaneity I didn't come here with a script I got up out of my bed 534 and and when I saw 534 on the clock, it means something to me. You know what that means to me? Let me throw you another little nugget about Lance Curve, right? On April 8th, 1963, that's when I was born, 534. So check that out. So whenever I wake up in the middle of the night, not that I'm always going to do an <laughs> audio monologue, but when I see that time, whether I stay up all night and see that time, when I see that time, I was like, listen, it's 534. I got to get to bed. Or if I wake up in the middle of the night, because I think I, I think I dozed off from about 1231 o'clock, which is early for me because I was contemplating doing a show. And I said, you know what? I like to do something every day, whether it's writing, because if I don't do anything on YouTube, you got to check the blog out, landscurve.com. I'm writing something or drawing a picture or something. I'm, I'm doing something every day. Most of the time it ends up on YouTube. Whether it's a video or me recording something on an interview or a group discussion, right? But I took those few days off. I think I'm three days behind. This makes up one day and I got two things to do later on today. That's cool. But whenever I see that time, it's something special. It's something I'm supposed to think about or do or reach out. It's an energy thing. Just like I don't like to be up doing nothing during that three o'clock, what they call the witching hour, where they say the negative energies are out there big time, but also it's clear on another side. So it depends on what frequency you're on. Because there have been times in my life when, when three o'clock around that time, that's when the spookiest stuff has happened. Yeah. Little things you see out the corner of your eye, little things walking past or things that you see. And it's not even just in your house where it's spooky, right? Because it's cool here. There's a good energy here. But even in the street, it's not always when somebody's in the crowd walking past you, looking at you, that when you turn around, they're going to be there because they're not really physically there in the first place. We see things in broad daylight that may, when you realize what they are, <laughs> it would shock the mess out of you. I've experienced those things more than more than enough. And I still want to talk about those shows, those type of shows. Maybe we'll do one, one today about that. Listen, I'm going to take the time and put this up. It was a ramble. I was all over the place. But I want to hear what you want to talk about. And, and I want to do live discussions on what you want to talk about. There have been people who have reached out to me and... um. I want to do a black woman thing today and I want to do something maybe on a spiritual level, on a supernatural level today. 
but give me your opinions and stuff because when we open up the lines and let the conversation flow, that's the beauty of it. It's not just about me, y'all, because I can sit here by myself and think my thoughts and talk to myself. But if I can use what's in my head to jumpstart a conversation or lead the way that way and provide that kind of interaction, then fine. That's really what it's all about. It's from the heart. It's from love. It's not, <laughs> it wasn't like somebody called me and said, well, if you do this for one video, we will give you $300. No, I'm not paid to speak. I don't even think, I don't even think it's like, pfft, I'm not even worthy for that. Who am I? I'm just a person who knows how to open up myself and bear my soul. A lot of folks say, oh, wow, you know, it's not that I'm great. It's just that I'm telling you what you know about what you've gone through in your walk. And you agree with me because I'm being honest. How many people go and say, well, you know, I went to the bathroom and the toilet paper slipped and something got on my finger. Nobody's going to say that. But if it happened, I'll say it. If it's, if, it, if it's appropriate, right? We're human. That's the beauty of a comedian. The comedian may not, he may be great in his delivery, but the real talent of the comedian is not really making you laugh. It's hitting home with the truth that causes you to laugh. Because when you laugh, you're laughing in agreement. He just saw a way to craft that moment, that story, that situation in such a way that you identified with that and you granted him that laugh like, oh, you're basically you're saying, oh, you're right. You're right. It's about connecting. Some of the best comedians. What's it, guys? I think it's George Carlin. Is it? Am I getting the name wrong? I saw a clip of him uh, on YouTube before I went to sleep. Um, even Paul Mooney, you know, these guys tell stories. And they make it funny, but they're not laughing. They're not jumping around and aping up. And ooh, like a lot of these comedians come out here and just acting stupid. These guys talk to you and make you laugh because of their supreme logic. And you basically say, man, you're right. They took you into a place that maybe you haven't taken yourself into to realize certain things through the comedic platform. So on these shows, we can be funny, but we can be very serious. But I want to I really want to go there as far as human nature is concerned and admitting certain things and growing. But for me to sit up here and try to make it seem like I'm some great whatever and subscribe to my channel because I'm so great. And no, I'm not great. I'm just a dude who's trying to untangle my ball of yarn just like everybody else. Time is running out. I got to hurry up and get this thing untangled. I've, I've lived life and I've, I've, I've began a long time ago to live life, but there's more life to live because my ball of yarn, my personal ball of yarn that was put on me by me coming into this world in this troubled world, which is also beautiful. The creator's world is perfect and beautiful, but man's world is, is far from perfect. This is why I don't want to chase anything down in man's world anymore and it wasn't like I was always into man's world because I was always one who would swim against the tide swim upstream everybody else is going that way I'm going this way and I'm glad I lived my life like that I did things that were very unpopular but now all of a sudden they're popular oh Lance but you knew ahead of time I followed my heart I followed my dreams most of my dreams haven't even been realized and they probably won't be it's okay but I'm doing it 
but it may not be realized as far as having my name up on some marquee on a on a you know some walk of fame or you, you do you look most people who are great at something who are acknowledged as great their acknowledgement comes i'm gonna say it the blunt way usually after they're damn dead i'm enjoying the process right now i'm not working hard for something that well maybe people can see it's that's not important i'm glad to be here <clears throat> as a matter of fact, I'm I'm just glad to be. I'm like an old fighter who used to fight real good, and people used to come and watch me. But now I'm older, retired, almost elderly. But I'm at ringside now, watching the younger guys fight, and I'm happy where I am. And if somebody doesn't say, "Oh, oh, you're the great so and so," I remember you from so and so. Many years, I remember that. If they don't say that, it's okay, because what? We're in the circle of life. And I see it and I'm enjoying it and I'm happy to share what little I know and what I've experienced, even the mistakes. So reach out to me, 407-590-0755, scurvemedia at gmail.com. I want to chop it up. I want the real people. See, my thing is like, people say, man, man, all this stuff you putting out there, man, you only got 193 hits on that. I'm not sitting here like some dude looking to be popular getting some hits. I want to talk to real people. When I get those real phone calls and those, those, those real text messages and emails and people write them long and they say, man, we got to talk. Could you talk about this or whatever? That's what I love. I don't need a gazillion faceless people. That I can say, look, look at the numbers because those numbers are manipulated. Some people granted the floodgates to be open and if you fit a certain agenda, of course. There are people, there are people out here that call black women bitches and hoes. They get lots of hits. But do I want to be that guy? Do I want to carry that energy? No. Let me be this little guy who lives my little life and enjoys the little interaction because um, I'm going to wrap this up, but I just want to say this. I was reading the article. I, I was always heavy into reading my dear friend i won't say his name he's a private person but he said lance just growing up he's got a year or two on me you know but though that that one or two years is a lot when you're younger when you're older say like, eh, it's the same thing but he, he told me he said man everywhere i'd see you you'd have a magazine or a book nobody was making you read this stuff i remember you getting up and leaving to go into Manhattan. This is when I was 15, 16 years old on the weekend. And, I, you know, I went to the high school of art and design. So I was already in Manhattan a lot. Never had to go because I just stay out there late. But on the weekend, you can stay out there later. But I would leave it. I wasn't driving that age, right? I would hop on the train. Maybe me and Angelo, right? I could say his name. Not that I can't say my other friend's name, but I know he's more private. And people were saying, where are you going this time of night? Might take an hour, hour and a half to get out there. Or we're going to go see and look at some magazines. Oh, you're going to get one. Oh, bring me one back, man. I know they got some good women, looking women. Say, no, we're not going there for that. We used to go in them places. I ain't going to lie. But most of the time, there were certain newsstands that were 24 hours that, I, that are still out there in that same manifestation. Maybe not the same exact newsstand. But for those who are New Yorkers and know who men that have known me, there was a simple little outside newsstand. And it was on the southwest corner of 42nd Street 
and I would say 7th Avenue because Broadway and 7th Cross right there where the ball drops at New Year's on 43rd Street but 42nd Street on 7th and 42nd right on the southwest corner a few feet in from the corner and this is going back to the 80s and, and 90s there was a little newsstand with a little Indian man there you know and um, he had the newsstand right but he would get his mag magazines fast I would get bodybuilder magazines and boxing mostly boxing magazines right and um, he'd always save one for me of each that was how that was how hands on New York City was I didn't know the guy but he knew he, I mean I knew him and he knew me but we didn't even know each other's names but I would always come there and he says I'm saving this one for you and if there were five like eight different types he'd have eight magazines and I'd give him the money ain't that something and um I love that time it was more hands on more and I was looking at some old photos and what I would suggest everybody to do everybody's not from New York City right we all came up somewhere but Google is a wonderful thing when you know how to use it and, and I want everybody to go back to where they lived I don't, I don't mean physically, but just put in Google in the search your 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 your, your hometown where you grew up, the, your immediate hometown. Like so, for me in New York City, it's Richmond Hill, Queens, Jamaica, Queens. So I put Jamaica, Queens, or Richmond Hill, Queens, South Richmond Hill, nineteen eighties, nineteen seventies. You'd be surprised some of the photos you pull up. You'd be surprised. Quite nostalgic. It's much different now. Understand that time is passing so fast. It's 2018. So many people I know are gone. I'm still here. That's a responsibility for those who are alive and still here. Even if you're sick, even if you're older, you have a story to tell. Again, this is abstract talking now. We look at things on Google, and Yahoo, and MS, all these different search engines, but it's only as good is what someone else has uploaded. It's only as good as what someone has uploaded. You can find some very precious things to you that have somebody else, somebody else thought to upload. So in real life, what do we choose to share with each other? The quality of our lives are dependent on what others have sought to share and it's there whether they're, you know them when they're a stranger or not, we give out good stuff. We raise the quality because there's somebody out there looking for what you have to share. One man's junk is another man's treasure. So keep putting good things out there, even if it's emotional or just factual or a swirl of all these things because there's someone out there who needs what you have. And this is why I do what I do. Again, it's not because of me seeking greatness. I know that is that if I'm in college and I'm about to graduate and I have all these books, well, there's somebody who's coming into college who needs those same books who might not be able to afford it. Here, take these books, man. I don't need them anymore. And even if I do need it, it's so much in my heart that I can refer to it internally in my thoughts and in my meditation and my connection to the creator. That's what it's all about. When you see a lawyer walk into the courtroom, if he's a good lawyer, 
<laughs> he doesn't have to bring all of the law books that he ever read with him. He has become a representation of the law internally. So what he says, and this is why you value what he says or she says when it's time for a case or a situation that needs to be rectified on a legal level that you know when they speak. It's a wisdom that they've earned from years of studying. Now, most of us may not have gone to college. Most of us just live lives, but we've studied life. And many of our lives are similar in what we do for a living or maybe not. But there's an experience that comes with life that's a current thread that flows through everybody's garment. And if we know how to communicate, we can share it again. I went off the topic. It was no set topic, but I wanted to speak about my sisters, the pain they've gone through, what they've had to endure, the needs that they have and how they interlock with us as men. Because the way you treat your sister is going to come back at you. Feed into her, invest in her, share with her, show her a different way. It's not always about preaching to the sister who might be wayward. Like I said, there's that bitter lesbian that rides my bus that I see a void in her that needs to be filled. And the carnal men, oh yeah, I know you, you there is a lot of void. I'm not talking about that. I'd like to one day, and if it's not even her, somebody like her, as it hits my spirit, because it's not always going to hit my spirit, I'd like to hold her and tell her it's going to be all right. And I don't mean physically hold her. Maybe that too, innocently. Maybe share a bit of my life that I can influence her to want to improve her situation and her mentality. But I will say she's a, She's a work in progress, and it's not a good thing. I'm not saying it laughing and making fun of her. I'm just saying we know people like this. Those people need to be saved. Many of us who call ourselves Christians think that, hey, are you saved? Well, you're not saved. Well, come to church with me and just say you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're saved. It's not that simple, people. And you think that bringing somebody to a damn church and going through the motions of saying something how are you really saving these people? And they go back to the same lives that they lived or because they're in the church now, they're in denial about what they're doing, but they put on the face just to come to church. Save them in a very real way. Give of yourself in a very real way. Stop, stop posturing. People out here need real people. We go through these motions and play church and people are coming out just as messed up as they ever been before. When are we going to share real life and real wisdom from the heart? Because you know what? When a person needs it, they're hungry for it, and you give it in a false manner, it doesn't resonate within them. But when you give of yourself, and even if you have to take the first barrage of, of, of aggressions that come from them, because you've got to understand that they're in a hostile environment in their mind what they've come through there's some sisters out here who have come through so much raped and molested from single digit ages could you imagine family members taking advantage of them and just they seeking out balance but there's no balance around them they don't even know what balance is it's not their fault 
And when you have a sister like that, you don't take advantage of her when she's around you playing pastor, playing wise man, because you know that's, that's, a, that's an attractant to her because of the voids that she feels on the inside. And you just like any other guy now, you trying to get in her drawers because you presented yourself as the answer. And if it comes down to that, be honest about that. I got this wisdom on this side and sister, you are looking good and I have desires. I'll control them. But if ever you want to offer some, you know, here, be honest with what you feel. Be honest. That's all. You'll be all right when you're honest. You don't have to be fake. Be, be yourself. I love being myself. <laughs> it's so easy to be myself. I don't have to be anybody else. I don't have to wear a mask or try to emulate anybody. And like I tell people out here, your imperfections are perf your perfections. Meaning that that's what makes you you. I want the perfect set of teeth. But that person that has a gap, that's their signature look. You see what I mean? The way your hair grows is your signature look. And I just want to say big ups to all the sisters who wear their hair natural. You don't grow fur. You grow hair. And it reaches up to the heavens to connect that spiritual GPS system and keeps you in check. You put that, Mr. Scurve what like that. She, she wrapped her hair and let the, let the afro shoot up to the sky. I love it. And you see all the white women in the mall. I wish my hair could do that. She's proud of that. All the propaganda put out here to make her not like her own hair. And look at her. She's going against the rule. She shouldn't be proud of that. I wish my hair could stand a foot up in the sky. Something so real about that. Something so Nefertiti about that. <laughs> They don't want you loving yourself because they want to feel superior seeing you trying to look like them. They didn't know they got you mentally. You can't even step to them strong as a black woman because look at how you change. I'm not knocking you. So I love you all. But we got to come out of that. How, how are you going to step strong to your oppressor's woman, right? And she could be the oppressor too, but you're trying to look like her and come up with all these different excuses. And the way they say, they booted a kid out of school recently talking about, oh, his hair is unnatural. What do you mean his hair is unnatural? You are natural. That's why the sun don't like you. You are natural to the planet. And the sun is going to get hotter. There's no sunscreen that can save you. You can't inject melanin in your skin and keep it there. You're going to damn sure try. That's why you're setting up these space stations and trying to go to Mars. Because you know it's going to get a certain way. Y'all know. Y'all know. <laughs> that's a different subject that's, that's a Keith Newsom subject <laughs> big ups to brother Keith let's see you in about two and a half weeks when you come down for our event and those flyers we put out this weekend promise I've been saying that for the longest time and I also have to say that um, brother Kess has been very busy and that's why for the last two weeks we haven't had shows but probably next week we'll be back with our shows well it might, yeah it might well it may be something over the phone because I've got to do a little traveling back and forth. I gotta get up with Brother Dave. But anyway, um that's what I had to say. A couple of times I cleared my throat and whatever. I'm not gonna edit those parts out. I don't care. No, I do care, but this is just keeping things real. And again, hit me hit me up. Let me know what you want to talk about. And um I have so much more to say. 
and we will continue in a few hours. And I'll try to have this up even before I go to bed. I'm going to put it up in a very simple way. You know what I mean? And it's all love. Anyway, you all take care. Know that I love you. And you have a good morning slash good night. Peace. Make sure to check out the boldest blog at landscurve.com and follow Scurve on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube under Lance Scurve.